Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Right, it's time for this week's Tripe Supper. Uh, There's only two of us this week. Me and Vic as Phil's off again. He's, he's uh, making a habit of missing our tripes up. I think he's trying to tell us something. If he doesn't work hard enough in training, he's this not going to get the gig. He knows the rules, he knows our methodology and our philosophy. Either that or he's had an international break in the fortnight. <laughs> um, we're talking MLS. Kai Kamara's uh, revealed that he, he, well, he, he doesn't regret leaving Borough at all. And he believes he's joined one of the best leagues in the world uh, after scoring one goal for Columbus Crew so far. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to take him seriously when he's saying well, things like well, that. Well, especially when the mark of his ambition was that he really didn't feel like he could be bothered to try and work his way yeah. back into the first team. There was a bizarre quote, wasn't there, where he basically said in the peak of his career he wasn't going to work to get back in the team. Yeah, very strange. Uh, I think it's probably he's probably suited to that league. Uh, what, no matter what we say about the big-name stars that are there, it is clearly at a lower level or you wouldn't have a back line of Seb Hines and, and Sean St. Ledger who would struggle in the championship <laughs> uh, it's good to see the biggest richest nation in the world having another crack at soccer after the, this must be the third or fourth in my lifetime and it, it's always nice to take an evangelical position and, and you know want uh, countries like that to, to get to grips with what is after all the only game that counts in the entire world uh, and <clears throat> good luck to them it's a fantastic lifestyle and you've got to look at Seb Hines and think oh, <laughs> you, he's landed on his feet, you are he? one lucky boy yeah he's landed on one his feet one lucky he? boy incredible from, from right back on the opening day to Coventry when he I think he made his debut on the left wing uh, to Orlando for the rest of the to season to going into the transfer window uh, with a an atrocious injury record and effectively looking at being on the dole in the summer to to living in Florida and being a hero in, in a, a huge sporting experiment. And, and with Sky's backing, if ever the MLS is going to work, not necessarily over there but here, it's now, isn't it? You know, the games are on, I think there's two or three games on on a weekend. It's now or never really, isn't it, from, from our perspective? Uh, it's interesting. I mean, obviously Sky gives it a certain traction in this country, which it's never had before. How that affects the fact that people in England might pick a, pick a team and choose to follow them. How that affects whether the, there will be real sustained growth on the ground in America or not, I don't know. And clearly, the demographics in America lend themselves to a dozen really big teams. All of the major cities in America have got immigrant populations. And those people come from countries where football is massive. You know, the, the Italians, the Mexicans, all the, the various varieties of South Americans, Europeans. These are people who love football. So in theory, there's always going to be an audience there. In practice, most of those people who go over, their first allegiance will still be there to their team back home. You know, all the Italians, like, you know, either like Milan or Rome, uh, if, if <coughs> Borough fans go over there, there's no question who their first loyalty lies with. And it won't. It's not going to be the the, the you know, New York Man City franchise. You know they will they will get up at three o'clock in the morning to watch Borough on telly yeah. rather than go down the road to watch a, an artificial construct 
that has no basis in the community. So that's the problem that American football is always going to have. You know, we know you can't create a club, a franchise, out of nothing. Uh, a, f a club is based on the history of generations of generations of people suffering when they were rubbish and passing down that experience, inflicting it on their kids, whether they like it or not. And that's what makes a club a history, an identity, and that's the hard thing to find. To find. How, how good is the standard over there, do you think? I mean, Kai Kamara, obviously, uh, he, he, he wouldn't be a success in the championship, would he? We've seen that. He wasn't good enough to hit the goals uh, on a regular base for a championship club. Is it League One? Is it League Two? Is it... SPL, you know, how good do you think the champion, the standard is over there? Because then you've got players like Kaka, who are undoubtedly raising the bar. Yeah, I think there probably will be wide, wide discrepancies between teams and within teams, and that was the problem last time when they tried to do it. In the, you know, they would they would graft in uh, a Pele, a Beckenbauer, and a Cruyff, and put them alongside Billy Wolf, <laughs> and that was that was the real problem. Is that you, you don't have the the uh, consistency, the standard th throughout a team. And that's almost underlined by the fact that each team can have three marquee players that, that bust the, the wage ceiling and, and that money is going to people who are global superstars to put bums on seats. Mm. But, you know, as we've seen, it's, you know, they're, they're Frank Lampards and they're Steven Gerrards who, with the best will in the world, are at the tail end of their career. Uh, and Kamara and Hines, sorry, Kamara and Hines, uh, they're not the only Borough players, are they, who've, who've gone over? You were saying that in the past, it's, uh, there's been Borough players who've gone over in the past. When, like you were saying, that they've tried to give the MLS the, Yeah, the, the we've got a long history. In, in the 70s, uh, it was almost the done thing uh, for footballers in, the football, in, in English football to, to summer in America. You know, in the way that birds cross the Atlantic as, as the weather changes, you know, hundreds and hundreds of English footballers would go across to America uh, in the close season to uh, stick some extra money in their, their bank, and, and a lot of borough players went over. I mean, obviously, the, you know, the likes of John Hickton and Alan Foggan uh, went over and had several successive summers in places like uh, uh, Alan Foggan was at the fantastically named Hartford Bicentennials. <laughs> Uh, and uh, John Hickton was at Fort Lauderdale Strikers. Uh, they were almost... Uh, it was almost a part-time thing for them because their, their main career was always remained in England. But there were a lot of people who, who fell out of favour or didn't quite make the grade over here who went over to America and made a decent career of it. I mean, there's, you've got the likes of Malcolm Smith who ended up playing for Portland, uh, Billy Wolf, we mentioned... Uh, he was at Vancouver for a couple of seasons. David Chadwick was at Dallas Tornado. But probably the, the, the best story of all would be Alan Willey, who struggled to get in at Middlesbrough, <coughs> uh, went over to, uh, to the, as it was then, the NASL, and ended up winning the, the MVP, the Player of the Year, ahead of Pelé and Beckenbauer. <laughs> uh, his side, uh, Minnesota Kicks, actually played New York Cosmos in the final, uh, the playoff final over two legs, where they won 5-2, and Alan Willey scored all the goals, and you know, he, he was a sensation, uh, and that was, a, uh, that was a, a New York Cosmos team that had Beckenbauer and Pelé, and it was absolutely packed full of household names, and Alan Willey was the big star for Minnesota. He actually got a move to New York Cosmos out of that, and he spent the next season 
surrounded by household names that he could, you know, in his wildest dreams when he was at Ayrson Park, he could not possibly have, have contemplated. And he was there for five, six, seven years. And he stayed there after the NASL actually imploded. And he, his last two or three years, he was playing in the indoor soccer arena scene, which was, you know, like seven aside, mm. uh, which kept the flame alight for a few years until the, the current incarnation. I mean, that's, that's a hell of a story. You know, he, he came from Poutonless Spring. You know, he barely travelled outside the northeast. Not by any means a regular in the in the the borough side, and then suddenly he's rubbing shoulders with with Pele. And that's the thing with Heinz, I think, isn't it? I mean, you think, you know, is it a football decision to go out there or a lifestyle decision? But then you think, well, you know, why, when, why? when is a player like Seb Heinz, with the greatest respect, is going to get the chance to play alongside Kaka? Well, why? You know, you've got to. I mean, mm. if that opportunity arises, you, you've got to jump at it. It's a no-brainer, isn't it, for for uh, for players these days? Do you think? Because I mean, there's that option now with uh, kind of you know. You were talking about the tail end of your careers. You see players going to UAE, uh, to Qatar, like Alves and Asamoah Jan, who used to play for Sunderland. Is America that sort of move? Do you think? Is it a uh, you know boost the boost the pockets, get a bit of cash as you're coming down the, towards the end of your career, or can it become a, a footballing move? Well, I think it can be. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, if you're not if if you can't break into a team here and you get that option. It's it's very attractive, even if the wage is maybe slightly lower than the eye, because obviously football here is ridiculously inflated. Uh, it can be a fantastically attractive lifestyle. Uh, I mean, obviously we talked about the seventies, we talked about now, but there was there was a, a, a mid period as well uh, in, in the nineties when they had yet another attempt, the, the, the first incarnation of the, the current MSL, and you know we had players who couldn't make it in Borough and got nowhere near. The, the kind of status of you know regulars uh, who went to America and became huge hits. Mm. I mean, Ronnie O'Brien, I think we mentioned before, was he, he was the Borough player that, that left to uh, Juventus, yeah. Yeah. and <laughs> through an internet prank became Ireland's man of the millennium <laughs> in, in two thousand. Uh, he, he went over to, to play for a team called Dallas Burn, and he be, he's he's their legend. He's got you know the number of games he's played. He captained them through their glory years, and he he became an established household name on the American. There's a film scene. in his career. Uh, absolutely, yeah. he never. Most Borough fans couldn't pick him out in a lineup. Yeah. yeah, he's made a very solid career. He was a decent player, not quite good enough to get into the Brian Robson side. Uh, a player from the same era, Jaime Moreno. Jaime Moreno. Uh, left Borough, went over to America. He played for DC United, one of the, the big sides. Yeah. He was there 10 years. He's one of the MSL's top all-time scorers. Uh, he's, a, you know, he's a legend there. Uh, he comes over here and people slap him on the back and say, oh, you come back, see, you're for a Parmo. And, you know, his, his wife's from Thornaby, so he's a frequent visitor back here. Right. And he must think, this, this is bizarre. You know, he, <laughs> he couldn't get in this side. He was squeezed out very early on when the defending <coughs> starts under Brian Robson. And he's made a perfectly respectable career. I think as well, Robbie Musto's another example. Um, going out there, and so many options post football, isn't there? And Rob's, uh, sorry, Musto now um, is a pundit on the box. But did he go into uh, into the college side of things? Started out with a coach yeah, and has worked yeah. his way up that way. There's so many with college sport being so huge yeah. over there. If football, soccer starts to take off, there's going to be jobs created yeah. there as well. Isn't there? What I'd be interested to see is the first ones breaking through. Mm. 
that have gone over in, in, you know there's plenty of borough players and northern league players have gone over because they've got coaching or university places in America you know the, uh, New York State or North Dakota State or whatever and they go out there and they, they do coaching and they do uh, uh, sports science degrees it would be interesting to see when that generation break through in America because clearly there's a big gap there not many of those people are working through what you know, what you'd call the grassroots mm. of American football. It seems that college football is hermetically sealed off from the professional game there. Yeah. Uh, and until they can resolve that, I don't think that the, Ameri- the American game can really. There's a ceiling. Grow on, there's a ceiling on. Um, we, we we had a chuckle didn't we? Because Kai Kamara, there was a piece I think it was MLSsoccer.com saying that he's establishing establishing himself as a real personality in the city. <laughs> no surprise there. Is a skeleton onesie strolling around yeah. the city centre and what have you. Um, with with Hines, do you expect him to make that move permanent in the summer, or, or will he come back and I look for? I thought he has to. Mm. He ha- I mean, what, if he comes back, he comes back into uh, uh, the, the summer. Uh, jobs market in football is pretty chaotic. Uh, I mean, this summer there'll be 800 players out of contract, unemployed, uh, and the summer tends to be like a, a medieval hiring fair with people going around playing in, in trials matches and uh, uh, putting themselves out there. And, and you're competing with four, five, six, seven hundred people who've got 300 games in, under their belt at, at that level at League One, League Two. And if you're an unemployed footballer, it comes down to luck, who you know, what you know, and what your pen picture is. And unfortunately for Seb Hines, his pen picture is that he's permanently injured. And that's probably not a good selling point. Uh, I mean, you know, we, we know last year when, when uh, Matty Hines and, and Stuart Parnaby went, went to Hartlepool, everyone just put a huge question mark over it and thought, whoa. Yeah. Because... It's a very physically demanding game. Mm. If you've been in it five, six, seven years, you're carrying loads of little knocks. And if you get injured at the wrong time, your career's over. And as for St. Ledger, I think you've described in a piece of Dump Day as an over- overlapping centre-half. Uh, is, is there a future there for him? I mean, how old is St. Ledger now? He's not as old as you think he is. No. I don't think he'd be more than 27, 28. He came to us as a, a, a rising prospect from the lower leagues. Mm. And there's no doubt that there's a footballer there. I mean, uh, it just it wasn't necessarily a disciplined one that, that played within the, the shape that we, that you, with the discipline that you need in defence. And the perks of the job for him out there are me and Taylor Swift. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> the, the credibility I got off my daughter for showing her that picture. I've looked at Sam Hines' <laughs> Twitter account every day for any pictures he's posting, but there's nothing. There's nothing.